37th episode of the Film Studies Club podcast. My name is Robert Burke, and I am joined by co-host... Paul Chabra. <laughs> nice, that was very quick. And then we have uh, <laughs> Ellen. Go back. We have uh, Ellen over here. <laughs> hey guys, I disrespect my workers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then this week... Very uh, importantly, we have two incredibly special guests, two people I would never have expected to do a podcast with freshman year. In fact, if you had told me, I, I my mind would have been blown because I barely knew one of them existed. And the other one I could not stop fighting with about educating kids in train cars. Um, that, of course, is Camille Brown. This is where you say something. Oh, hey. And Jackson Spencer. Hey, what's up? Wow. I, I genuinely feel so enlightened right now. Like, I feel I feel a level of clarity I've never felt before. So, Camille and Jackson, whenever we have guests on the podcast, we always ask them random questions that we come up with on the spot. So, I'm going to give Pahul reins on that. He's going to ask... Let's ask Camille the questions first, because her name is first alphabetically. I all right, gotcha. Pablo, you may not ask the middle name question. Uh... <laughs> <Barks is> serious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, you, you can't really cuss on this. I don't. Camille, do you even cuss? Who? Camille. Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. I can't picture you cussing. Anyways, the only words that are allowed are I... damn, hell, sex, boomer, uh, bitch, bitch <laughs> bastard, and. Yeah, I think that's. Oh, right. <laughs> just the easy ones. Okay. You're right. Only yeah. Anyways, Paul, Hull, what are what's your question for Camille? Um. What would you do if you were president for a day? Oh. oh. I don't know. I have no desire to be president. That's just a lot of stress. I don't know. Uh, that's a great. That's a great answer. I'd probably Thank undo you. a that's lot exactly of things. Exactly what I was looking for. I don't think I'd like make anything new. I'd probably just undo a lot of things. The problem with being president for a day is that it's really hard for the president to do anything in like ten I, I days. I have a better question. I have a better question. Okay. Listening. <laughs> Get away from the cater. <laughs> cater for a day. Wait. Say it again. Cater for a day. A dictator like, you had for a day. Control. Yeah. Like you're. Of what country? Of the United States. Of the United States. I don't know. I'd probably try out more of like abolished. a different government. I'd try out, obviously it'd be a dictatorship, but maybe like a North Korean style for a day. That could be interesting. Ooh, North Korea day. We should have that. Like in America for one day, suddenly we act like we're North Korea. And we like threaten to bomb <laughs> That sounds very racist. <laughs> it probably would be. I also don't think Americans would take to it very kindly. Why is Ellen just I taking think... my spotlight? Yeah, Ellen is completely... <laughs> okay. I'm here... I'll ask the next question for Camille. Camille, what is um, one thing about being queen that nobody ever tells you? Hmm. I mean, something that I think you have observed is different. So I guess something I was never actually told by anyone, not even like previous queens, would probably be that it's... You, it's a lot more, it's a lot less interacting with the cast 
and a lot more behind the scenes work. It's a lot more organization, a lot more scheduling and all that. It's less of leading the cast. And I mean, everyone who has been to the dinner, you kind of think the queen sits around, which I do not disagree. We eat dinner and we're sit up there on our butts the entire time. So it's not, we don't look like we do very much, but I mean, behind the scenes, it's a lot more organization than I anticipated, not gonna lie. Wow, good to know. Nick, what's your question? Camille, if you had to make one vegetable illegal, which vegetable would you make illegal? <laughs> um, okra. Wait, what, what's, what's okra? It's like oh. the slimy stuff. I, I thought you said okra. And I was like, wait, Oprah, I that's not a vegetable. I think okra would be great to make illegal, because then a bunch of white moms would suddenly have no personality. Yeah, okra. <laughs> There's a rap song about it by Tyler, the creator. Who eats okra? No one. I don't know. I it's eat okra. Thing. I love okra. Hey, it's pretty high in vitamin A and vitamin C. I doubt it. What it, what it, I've never seen it before. Too this bad we don't have an in here. Uh, I eat okra. Now. I eat okra all the time. I brought okra to school. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Wait, I remember I bought um, dried okra from Trader Joe's once because I wanted to try it, and then my mom threw it away two days later, and I, I still don't hey, know. How why. do you feel about the Trader Jose's thing? What's that? Like, you know how, like, like a burrito would be Trader Jose? They call it Trader Jose because it's Mexican. Where did that come from? I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that one day, like, recently. <laughs> Okay, Paul, People you may ask your question to uh, Mr. Jackson. Spencer. Okay, okay. Uh, I got a question for you. Do right. you like trees? <laughs> what is wrong with us? These questions are simple. Trees are all right. Wow. Yeah, what a great question you asked, Paul. How, how in depth? Oh my God. Okay, now I have, a, I have a follow up. That's crazy. What's your favorite tree? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Jackson, oh you don't have to God, answer what your favorite dude. tree is. Um, let me... I like pine trees, but it's not good. That's kind of true. That's a pretty basic answer, but whatever, go off. Um, Jackson, what, um, is your favorite place to... No, okay. If you can... Okay, all expenses paid, senior trip... Where are you going for that? If you like have, if you were to have one, where would you go? What does senior trip like imply? Like, is people going with me? Yeah, like like you're really good friends from. And imagine Corona doesn't exist, so the, so the sky's the limit. And you all like all your really good friends. You all pack in a bus, and you're like, we can go anywhere in the world right now. I'd go to Kroger and for any amount of money, and you can do absolutely anything. What is your like Just ideal to- senior trip? Just go to Oregon, because crack's legalized there. <laughs> Hot take. And I then you can buy up. a bunch of crack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow, imagine if they all jumped in a bus and then just drove up to Oregon. With, <laughs> Dude, with an unlimited amount the of money. crack in Oregon. See, I would, like, I would buy enough pipe bombs to blow up the Eiffel Tower or something. Because think about that. That's, like, catastrophic. That's, like... Robert, the end of one of the most like world-renowned things. Yeah, that's that's like, that's dude, come on. <laughs> Sorry, that's right. My bad. Um, Nick, what's your question for? Uh... Okay, uh, Jackson. So I want you. I want you to. <clears throat> I want you to close your eyes for a sec. 
We're so close. imagine, imagine you're you're in Mr. McIntyre's classroom, you, you're you're doing calculus, all that thing, and then nightmare, and, nightmare, and then then class ends, <laughs> the bell rings, and then you're, okay. you're about to leave, and then Mr. McIntyre says, "Hey Jackson," and he does a little, little finger wag to you, and he's like, "Hey, come here," and he's like, "Hey Jackson, you look really pretty in this light," and I want to date you. Would you? Would you? My question is, would you date Mr. McIntyre? So, this is the thing. I'm not doing too well in this class right now. That, okay, no, I regardless. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I'd be like, you know, I could be down, but you gotta, like, help me out a little bit here. Oh, so it's like a, it's like favors for a favor, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't do it for free, because, like, you know, it's McIntyre. <laughs> okay. He's, he's a McIntyre snack. Like, he's a married man. He has a place. <laughs> talking about him like this. Very schmary. <laughs> Okay, Mr. McIntyre's w wife is Mormon, but he is not religious, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that. that. I thought that in order to like marry someone who's Mormon, you had to be Mormon as well. Well, they probably like signed a prenup yeah, or something, you know. They probably just like it's probably like Mormon for a second. And then he's like, oh, maybe don't want to do that. <laughs> he got Mormon the day he got married and then he got married and then he got unmormon. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Maybe I have a chance with Mason Wakefield after all. I don't know. That guy didn't, doesn't uh, doesn't tend to come okay. very well. <laughs> we also um we also like chose backgrounds. Me. We haven't been able to do backgrounds in a I really long time. Okay, Paul. I think my phone. I think my phone is too old to do it. Be a better one. Jackson, you can just make up a background, and we'll all pretend like you have it for everyone listening. But Paul, Paul <laughs> I am very curious on what is happening in your background. Can you please explain? It's a black man holding money. <laughs> okay, what's the context? <laughs> it's a meme. Yeah, but what does it say? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, uh, me counting all the money I've saved on Black Friday by not buying shit I don't need. That's the meme. <laughs> so yeah, it's I sent a it Facebook mom, mom meme Friday. is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. I saw it on Reddit. It was on r slash memes. You follow r slash memes? Oh. Yeah, well, okay, here's what I did. Recently, I was on Reddit, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I'm a little closed-minded these days. So I followed r slash communism. I followed r slash anarcho-capitalism to, like, balance <laughs> the things out. And then I also followed, um... Shoot, what else did I follow? I followed this, memes. like... Yeah. I also follow this subreddit about Trump. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel more enlightened? Do you feel like you've expanded? I your feel horizon? more open-minded because I'm hearing all these opinions. Mm. Yeah. That's very good, Paul. You're you're widening your circle. I think that's a very important thing to do. True that. Okay, my background um, is about one of Mine the actors too. in one of the movies. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Levy was announced as sexiest man alive. And as far as I know, it's the first time a gay guy got Sexiest Man Alive. So, Ellen's making progress, if Ellen is the one who announces that. Wait, which movie was he in? He was in um, Happiest Season. I knew that. Did you watch he's Happiest Shits Season? He's Shit's Creek, too. He's in the show Shit's Creek. Yeah, he, he's known for Shit's Creek. Him and his dad, like, created Shit's Creek. Like, it was, like, their idea. Oh, I forgot that's his dad. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a, he's such a chill guy. He's so, he's just, like... 
I mean, he's kind of become stereotyped as the gay best friend, but he did it to himself because that's the character he played in Schitt's Creek. So, oh, he was, yeah. Is yeah, he, he like that in real life? What? Is he like that in real life? Like, does he, like, act completely... Like, does he play himself? I wouldn't be surprised. Let's look up an interview. Let's I love gay best friend vibes. But Ugh. in the meantime, Camille Brown can explain her uh, background. Yeah, she her would so enjoy Oh, yeah, mine was a little boring, so I decided to switch it up. I was scrolling through my photos, and this one popped up. This little memory. I fought my sister about a week ago. And then this is how we hugged and made up. What did you guys fight over? I don't know. It's probably something stupid. But all I know is a lot of, like, I broke my closet doors because, like, we, like, <laughs> threw each other into it, and they're still dented. My neck. So, oh, my God. I didn't think that you guys fought, <laughs> like, at all. No, of course not. <laughs> Do you and your sister fight often? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, just sisters that fight. Camille, do you feel unsafe in your own home? Do you need professional help? Do I need professional help? Yeah, do you want like, a number I can call? I'm sure there's some sort of my sister hurts me number that you can call. Yeah, and it's yeah, 410 I get bullied, bullied by my little sister. What's 410965? Oh, good one. Um, wait, are, are you and your sister the same age? or? No, she's younger. Oh. Yeah, she's younger. You don't know her? No. Avery Brown. She's like a celebrity. She looks older. Even in this, she looks older. Yeah, I've always thought it was weird that she, like, kind of looked older than you. And mm -hmm. I, don't know I, why. Th I think it's weird, too. I also thought it was weird that you look so much like Eileen, and yet Willa is Eileen's daughter. <laughs> Did you hear the story that Mr. Max Kid thought I was Eileen's daughter? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, you two yeah, look really similar. Us. I know, it's, which is funny, it's just the hair, I guess. But no, when you put Eileen and Willa next to each other, they look, right, they look really similar. Right, it's like the facial similarities with them, but with, like, it's like, if you were to look at, like, you and Eileen, like, instantly be like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. But if you look closer, and, like, you look at Willa and Eileen, it, 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 like, becomes Yeah, totally. Clear. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Jackson Spencer, what's your background? Oh, yeah, we didn't do that. Jackson, are you there? Oh, bye, Jackson. Oh my gosh, his background is that still picture of him right now. What? He kind of looks like an album cover right now. Yeah, like to pimp of Jackson's no. Spencer. No, <laughs> a book cover. Looks like a book cover. I could see, I could see that being like the picture on the back of the book where it's like meet the author, and it's no, like, no, it's like oh, it's sitting like it's like a biography, and it's like Somehow I Cope or something like that by Jackson Spencer. It's know? like it's Jackson Spencer king. has struggled since age 14 with being Jackson Spencer. Uh, Thankfully, <laughs> he found the... Yeah, he's gone. Where did he go? <laughs> we lost one of our guests. <laughs> it's the first time that's happened. Okay, I was thinking about it. This is the first time we've had two guests on the podcast at the same time, right? Um, well, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah well, I can't think of anything. Let's see what's going on with Jackson. Well, oh, my work schedule finally came out. Nick, what's Robert. up? <laughs> okay. No, I'm texting Jackson. Don't worry. I'm going to see where he is. I think his internet just went out or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, I know he's not in writing. Do you know where he is, Camille? He's in Arizona. Why? <laughs> I think he's... <laughs> family. Yeah, he's visiting family. That's stupid. Arizona's a terrible place. Arizona does seem like one of the all the countries that border California except for Oregon feel like they all need a personality. I hate Nevada. Nevada just is Nevada ugly has a to personality. What's Nevada's personality? Bugs. Uh, Las Vegas. Smoke. Hookers. Smoke. Casinos. <laughs> gambling. Vices. But we'll be careful. Christian. Desert. Desert. Lonely. 
Isn't, the, isn't there a highway in Nevada where, like, the average, like, speed people go on it is, like, 102 miles per hour or something? Yeah, like, because there's no one there to, like, there's no one there. He's back. Jackson Spencer, everyone. Jackson. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Oh my god. Okay, Jackson, explain what your background is. It's so cool and awesome. We need to know. It's a hot gorilla. He's very attractive. <laughs> I see the hot gorilla, don't you? Do not see the hot gorilla behind me. Jackson. Jackson is the hot gorilla. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Jackson. I'm oh, Tarzan. for the um, it's for the mad fair. dinner uh thing, Ian was Tarzan and he was shirtless. It was like a big like. It's like, pretty cool. I saw a nip slip and I was like, <laughs> his hands were slipping the whole time. It was it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, Camille, I have a quick question. Who took the picture of you and your sister? It looks like her sister, right? Or... Um, I think my mother. Oh. Yeah, because, like, neither one of you look like you're taking the picture. And I don't think no, either I one think... of you would want to take a picture in that position, you know? <laughs> I think it was my mom as proof that we do touch and hug sometimes. Ah, I see. Jackson, you're the you're the youngest um, sibling, right? A baby. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I know. It feels great. No, it's awesome. However, it's interestingly enough, both Paul Hula and Camille are the older but only have one younger sibling. Being older, I don't know if I like it or not. I, think I can I'd blame for everything. I think it being younger is awful. better. I don't know. Paul how do you feel about being older? Uh, well, you see, I can... My brother, it's like he's like a lump of clay, right? And I can mold him into a more perfect version of me. Because I'm the older one. Paul you're not his... And that's is, power yeah, isn't that what right parents there. are supposed to do? Yeah, but you know, parents work, so you gotta do what you gotta do. So how's it going for you, Bubble? How's that? How's that working? Uh, it's not going good. He's he's uh, he has his own personality. <laughs> Damn, I hate when that happens. Uh, uh, Camille, have you tried to shape Avery to be like you, or have you let her have her own personality? Oh, she's made it very clear she has her own personality. In fact, she's only two years younger than me. Uh, it's because she tries to do everything I do. Cause it's only two years, right? It's not as far as you really think. So it's kind of like having an annoying twin that's not really your twin. Uh, she has followed in your footsteps. Is she trying to be head table host this next year? Is that like... No. No? She'll be Jester. She's, oh. no, she's different than me in that aspect, okay. for sure. Wait, but oh. Seth is also trying to be Jester. <laughs> Did she not know that? That's no, odd. but you know what's really awkward? Seth is the only king eligible his year the only king it's like jackson this year <laughs> kind of yeah the only king yeah well i mean also mason was eligible but mason literally quit the program <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would have looked really bad if he got king and then he quit the program that would have been so bad uh, i would have killed him what if i try for king you think i could get it? um so you need to go back in time and join your freshman year and yes, then you have a chance yeah. i wasn't even eligible because i didn't do it until my sophomore year I can do that. I always forget that. Yeah. I mean, he would, if I didn't do it, he'd have to, like, open up auditions to other people. Wasn't there a Junior King one year? I think Dominic, or Mominic Delari once told me that. No way. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't believe that. I no, can't see that happening. That's crazy. Also, if we do mention anybody else, um, we try to keep their confidentiality, like, 
you know, there. So switch the first letter of their first name with the first letter of their last name. How so, does that even wait, help? Wait, you <laughs> Robert, you're giving them the keys to figure it out. No, 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 you'll leave it out. No, I will. Nate got kicked out of the dinner because he showed up to one of the he showed up to one of the dinners like completely wasted. Who did? <laughs> Who? Like I don't know I don't know his name is I forgot. Was it Abe like, or no, Bay no, no, no. something? I don't know. It was, it was like five years ago I think, but he like he showed up wasted. Was it he was like, so bad? Was he like a man? I remember being or like, I was like a... what's wrong with him? No, he's a knight. He was a knight, and he showed up drunk. <laughs> Dude, I gotta tell you this story. Someone else I think... had memorized the horse headlines before. It was bad. Wow, that's hilarious. Wait, that's, it was that's our an freshman. awful story. <laughs> well, because he still—that means that he was in choir, so he had to stay in choir and awkwardly be around Mr. Spencer after he, like, got drunk and showed up to Mad Dinner wasted. Yeah, I don't oh. know what happened to that kid, but I don't know. Hey guys, I'm ready to practice. I'm ready to practice. <laughs> <laughs> God, that'd be good. I'm ready. All right, I think we should go into the movies. Um, I think we should probably start off by reviewing the movie that the other two guests have seen. But Pahul is in charge of the order that the movies go, so he may choose however he wishes. Pahul, let me give you some inspiration. So. But- uh, okay, so we got three movies here. Most One's about mo- uh, least well uh, off to most well off. That's terrible. That's all. No, because all the people to. have like disabilities. Like, uh, okay, I know. Okay, I meant, I meant like. Excuse uh, me. I meant, I meant that like from birth it was hard. Are you saying being that. gay and being poor is a disability? Absolutely. <laughs> well, actually, as we see later in the movie, there are no disabilities in one of them. It's that is such a massive spoiler, Paul. Well, I didn't say which movie. It's very obvious. There's one movie that actually has somebody with a disability. I didn't mean disabilities. I meant just yeah, like it's from, run. from birth. You we're gonna cancel it's, it's you harder. again. It's... We're gonna cancel you again. No, you said being been, gay is a disability. Been you have been canceled, and you have been canceled. Then all three of us have been canceled. Wait, yeah, did he just say being gay is a disability? That's really <laughs> he did. Hardcore. He did say that. <laughs> really hardcore, Nick. Okay, Paul. What order are we going in? No, let me think here. Um, uh, so we gotta have. Uh, uh, What's that uh, level like? I was really happy behind it. Um. Uh. Uh. The whole. It can't be this hard. It's really difficult because I want to come up with something really good. Like last time, I came up with Italian. Like no one knew, no one saw it coming. You know. Like, people shouldn't see this coming. And I don't know. This is, like, a lot of pressure. And I'm kind of cracking under it because I've built such a persona around me. Just pick something, so, please. We're going to have to go with Nyx. Yeah, let's go with Nyx. I like Nyx. So it, it's not the most disability. The most disability it's, the, it's the most hard off to least hard off. Or least hard off to most hard off, I mean. Least hard off to most hard off or most hard off to least hard off? I think we should do most hard off to least hard yeah. off. Yeah. Okay. Now the real debate is, is the disabled rich or disabled middle class person worse off than the extremely impoverished person? Um, I think the extremely impoverished person is hard. Yeah, I think the extremely impoverished person. But at the same time, the disabled person can't use their legs 
That but the disabled sucks. person can use their legs eventually. Can you stop spoiling the movie? It's like actually uh, good too. Why are you spoiling yeah, it's it? It's like a really good movie. Like I'm gonna give it a banana. Okay, Jackson, do you think it's hard? It's harder for people with disabilities, or it's harder for poor people? <laughs> that's that's such a twisted question. <laughs> I do not know how to answer that. Depends okay, on the disability, right? Like, right. Yeah. So I like. What if someone? Okay. Would you rather have both of your legs fractured for a month, or be really poor for a month, like the really legs are really not poor? Fractured. Uh, <laughs> probably poor. Yeah. Mine's so legs like fractured. Wait, what? Seriously? Uh, just a month. Wait, Camille. What do know, you think? What do you poor. think? I'd hate being poor. I think both legs fractured because you're not necessarily saying if the person who's disabled in that case is poor. So that means we have access to health care and someone who can help us through things. And there's so many services. I mean, honestly, poor, you don't have access to 90% of those things that our, our society is like, we give poor people these things and all these services. But in reality, I mean, it mostly goes to those who are disabled, as it should, in my opinion. But like... I, I still probably, probably do the disabled. Yeah, I'm on Camille's side now. So we're going to review Run first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Jackson and Camille, I'm sorry if this is super awkward if you guys just like sit there for 10 minutes while we review one of the movies that you didn't watch. But stick around because, and I also, I want to talk about Mad Dinner at one point. <laughs> I want to talk about, <laughs> I want to talk about Mad Dinner at one point. So we will probably get to that after we talk about Run, but Regardless, uh, Nick, would you like to tell us what Run is about? Oh my god, that's, you know, it's fine. Um, so this, this, this girl, uh, she's like, ah, I'm disabled and stuff. And then his mother's like, her mother's like, I love you. And then, um, and then the girl finds out some secrets that the mother has been keeping and um, conflicts ensue. That, yeah, that was pretty straightforward. The weird thing about this movie was they were really trying to keep the plot secret because if you went on IMDb, the plot synopsis was no one can escape a mother's love. Camille's gone. Which is like the most... <laughs> no, Camille's still there. She's just fighting with her sister. <laughs> Dude, it's been so long. <laughs> no, I'm here. I know. <laughs> they, they, they've been fighting for so long and they've been in the same position. Okay. <laughs> Who should go first on this one? I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, I never go first, I feel. I always try to pin it on someone else. I'll go first on this one, okay? Okay. So Run is directed by the dude that made... Um, Searching. Searching, dot, dot, dot. And Searching, dot, 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 was super good. The whole movie took place on a computer, and it was about John Cho trying to find his daughter. Super intense. Um, I remember when I saw it, it was the first movie I saw when they refurbished the Cinemark Theater to get, like, recliner chairs. So it was recliner chair plus good movie. I was in, like, heaven. Um... So I went in with the expectations that it would be kind of like a thriller, kind of like that one was. Because usually when directors are making their second movie, they want to make something similar to the first genre. And then maybe after that, try to venture off and do something else. Like Ari Aster, um, he said after Midsummer, he wanted to make a four-hour romantic comedy. And I think that that's super great. Why did that happen? <laughs> oh, Jackson raised his hand. Jackson? Can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Jackson. You may Thank use you. any bathroom you want. Um, <laughs> crap, that completely 
I lost track of what I was saying. Um, uh, romantic oh, yeah. comedy. Anyways, so going into this, um, I was really hoping for a similar movie to Searching. I was hoping that it would give me like the same feelings and like the same like intensity. It totally did. Like this is a very immersive, very easy entertainment. It feels very much like a movie that like you find on like a cable channel at like 1 a.m. And at first you think like, oh, this is going to be some garbage thriller, but then it like actually turns out to be like pretty good. I think what kind of like puts it a step above all the other ones is like um, the way that it's directed. Like Anish Chara, can you look up his name? Anish Chara, searching director. Anish Chiganti. Chiganti. Shaganti? Wait. Shagantan. Oh, he's Indian. Pahul, how do you pronounce C-H-A-G-A-N-T-Y? I'm frozen. <laughs> Anyways, um, the way that he shoots things is really good. And I think, um, oh, he went to USC. That's literally where I'm applying tomorrow. Um, no, I am. Wait, day after. You're applying day after. Dude. No, I'm applying tomorrow. Oh, oh, wait. Have you done your application? I submitted my UC general. I need to submit the supplemental by the 7th, and then I need to submit the USC one by December 1st, but I'm going to try to do it tomorrow. You need your counselor stuff on that. Like, your counselor needs to do some stuff for that. Yeah, I know. I emailed him about it, and I told him, and I also told my three-letter recommendations that they need to do it before December 1st, which, oh, Jackson, your dad is one of them. Um... I don't know if he got my email, but I asked him if he would do my letter of recommendation. Um, he will. I, I need it before December 1st, and I know that he's kind of difficult. Did you with... talk to him? I could talk to him. If you could just be like, hey, Robert sent you an email, and he needs you to like uh, write wow. him a letter of recommendation before December Don't overwhelm 1st. him, though, because I need him to do stuff for me tomorrow, so make sure he's still his time Wait, what that. college are you applying to tomorrow? No, no, no. I have mad dinner stuff for him tomorrow. Oh. He already did my apps, like, Four months ago. <laughs> of course you did. Oh my god. Um, I heard I heard Robert only got you on this podcast just so we, just so we can ask you that. No, that's not true. I wanted <laughs> the king and queen. We agreed on this last episode. He told me. Anyways, um, the way that he Anish Shaganti directs things is um, he kind of like he sets up like very simple conflict, but he shoots it in like a very intense way, and it has a lot to do with the camera angles, and it has to do with like the intensity between moments. Like, there's a scene where, I, I won't spoil who it is, but somebody is trying to get into another part of the house. And the way that he shoots it is just, like, so creative. And, like, she ends up... The person ends up doing something that, like, how could you ever think of that? And, like, it, the movie constantly keeps you guessing, basically. And the other thing is that the performances are really, really good. Um, the daughter is, like, a little bit awkward in certain scenes but like generally i thought she was really good but of course it's like the mother i forget the actress's name but she like completely steals the show she definitely is like channeling um like all of like the classic like controlling horror mothers and she does it very well so um yeah i enjoyed um not searching i enjoyed run a lot more not more than I was expecting, but basically just as much as I was expecting. And I watched it with my mom, and she kept on, like, jumping at everything, and I thought it was really funny. But, yeah, I enjoyed Run. Uh, who wants to go next? I Nick? do. Okay, you can go. <coughs> 
So, uh, I saw Run with uh, kind of my family, my dad watched it, my mom watched it, and then I actually watched it again to show my sister, because she was visiting, and oh my god, I loved this movie. It was so freaking, like, intense. Like, it, it got me at the edge of my seat at certain times, and that, that very rarely happens uh, for me in movies. Um, I'd say that this movie uh, shines in its attention to detail, uh, not only in the disability for the, uh, for the main character, but, uh, oh, there goes Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it happens when he's talking about one of the movies. Um, the attention to detail of this movie is freaking fantastic. One uh, one cool detail that I noticed was uh, the pegboard in the in the uh, main character's room is only like half full. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Jackson. Welcome back. Hey, at least his hand was lowered by him leaving. So I, I wasn't still wondering if he had something to say. <laughs> Um, anyways, the pegboard was only half, like, full, because, like, she can't get up to, like, go to the top row. Anyways, uh, and... <laughs> uh, you wouldn't notice that. Why? What? <laughs> anyways, um, and I thought that the, as Robert said, the, um, what's it called? The, what, how they, like, shoot the camera and, like, the frame. Cinematography. Yeah, the cinematography was really good. Um, I thought that it did a great job in displaying that the mother was, like, really in power in a lot of the scenes, and in the scenes where she wasn't in power, it, like, really showed that. Um, I, it used... Uh, the. I think the director used the, uh, the fact that the uh, daughter was in a wheelchair to, like, kind of put her lower on the frame and put the mother a lot higher. Um, to like no, uh, to show the power dynamic between the two, and uh, going back to the details thing, I like there were so many details that like you have to watch twice to pick up, to like know that the mother is like really sketchy just like from like the first five minutes of the film. It's 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 really good. And I didn't notice those because I only watched it once. But yeah, you should watch it again. Cool. It, it's it's a rewatchable film, like definitely. <clears throat> on, like and I I think I think it was very it was very intense. It was very good, and the acting. I thought the the um the daughter was really good uh, like i yeah there were a few like awkward like kind of i guess w um, i don't want to say facial expressions but kind of uh like just ex emotions portrayed by the daughter but like the she did a great job portraying the um very intense emotions that she what the character was supposed to be feeling um, the, uh, uh, one thing that i noticed was a little bit weird was inconsistencies between cuts uh in in the film um for example when one character is going to lock a door, there's a cut where, like, th there there are two cuts that are very inconsistent, where she's, like, here, and the door's over here, and then she meet and then she immediately goes to lock the door, and then she cuts back to, like, her, like, really far away from the door. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, overall, a great movie. Bubble? Wait, real quick, I just want to point out, guys, I think Camille and Jackson think we're actually a movie podcast, and we usually talk about movies, because we're, like, killing it right now. <laughs> Bahul, don't mess it up. Okay. Uh, no pressure, dude. Yeah. Uh, okay, so first of all, um, after, like, okay, I feel like this would be an excellent movie to watch with her parents. Just because it's, like, the, the kind of thing it exists. I, I kind of wanted to watch it with my mom because she won't let me drive. And I wanted to, <laughs> like, kind of drill that in. But, like, I didn't. That's kind of sad. But, oh, well. Um, first of all, I want to talk about is the acting. Um, specifically, I... Like, like, okay, I'm not going to say which scene specifically. It's just in the woods, and there are two cars. It's kind of a standoff scene. Yep. And <clears throat> at that very scene, I, like, felt 
exactly what the daughter was feeling and like like i felt angry at the mom and that's when i realized like that's really good acting because like i genuinely wanted to choke her out at like various points throughout the movie like that just shows okay (laughs) it was just really like frustrating and like that's i that's that's a good thing right i mean really showed what's what the daughter's feeling a lot of intense uh scenes in this movie um the pharmacy scene is something that like i could feel my heart like like thumping in my chest when they're trying to find out like what what's the thing about what that pills about and then, like that was like hella cool um i knew that the director was the same one who did the whole screen recording like whatever searching thing and i kind of noticed that like when the daughter's looking up stuff on like online it uses kind of the same um i don't know filmmaking or whatever i don't know but yeah i mean overall it was a really good movie kept me at the edge of my seat i didn't want to pause it i had to pause it because i was pirating it obviously <laughs> um, well, and my kind of went out in the middle and that was really frustrating okay but that added to the tension, you know, because I didn't know what was going to happen next. It paused it like a yeah, really good Yeah, it's really good, good with thrillers if you just pause the movie, like, in the middle of it and force yourself to not watch it for 30 minutes. It just makes it so much No, No, not 30 minutes, 12 hours. <laughs> oh. But yeah, like, uh, but yeah, I mean, I really like this movie. Like, I genuinely enjoyed it. And yeah, I agree. I mean, it's probably a really good movie that you can watch again. Thank you for not just saying it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, pretty good. Yeah, usually, Camille and Jackson, usually, like, Paul Hool will go first, and he'll just say, this movie was good. This movie was okay. This movie was kind of bad. Nick will just talk straight up about editing for five minutes, and it's, like, nothing anybody wants to listen to. And then, like, I'll try to say some film ideas, but I just get so lazy that I, I just lose all motivation halfway through reviewing it. Um, but, yeah, the one thing I did want to point out about this movie, um, I, like... It's, I felt like, I felt the same way with Searching. It's not a perfect movie, and it's not a movie I'm going to give, like, a 5 out of 5. Um, but it's a movie that's, like, as good as it could have been for what it was. What I really want to see this director do is try something, like, new with the thriller genre. Because both of the thrillers that he's done, Searching and Run, they're both, like, the best that a basic thriller can be, but they're basic thrillers. Like, they're very straightforward. And, like, he's proven that he's a good director because he can take what could be a boring movie and make it really interesting. Um, with the way that he shoots it. I think searching, like, there was a gimmick that was new, but the story itself wasn't new. What I'm saying is I want to see him, like, try to push his boundaries and try to become a bit more creative, and I'm hoping that's what he does with his next movie. Um, but I don't... I I ain't him. I don't know what he's gonna do. Um, but yeah, he's 29 years old. He went to, uh, USC. You need, uh, facts. Uh, one thing I want to point out is that the characters in this movie, specifically the daughter, were, like, actually realistic teenagers. Because I hate, oh, yeah. I hate it when a movie, when, like, for example, if, like, a main character finds something really suspicious, uh, like, about, like, their parent, for example, and the, their parent, like, asks them, or, like, they they never bring it up, or they just say, nah, nothing. Or, like, the, 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 the parent asks, like, hey, what's wrong? And they just say, nah, nothing. Oh, I actually was thinking that, because I'm, like... At, at first, when she was, like, telling her mom certain things and being so honest with her, I, I was know. like, what are you doing? Like, you're, like, screwing yourself over. But, like... That's what it, happened. It, like, helped prove what their relationship was. Like, there was an honest feeling. And it almost made it more heartbreaking, because you're like, she had no reason to lie to her mom, yet her mom lied to him or her. It was like, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so when, like, the, the teenager was, like, asking about the pills, 
I was ex I was fully expecting the movie to, to just make the character say, "Oh, nothing's wrong. It's okay, mom." But like, she actually brought it up, and like, that's like that was just so, I guess, new. And I thought it was really realistic, and I really liked it. Anyways, facts about uh, Run IMDb. Okay, there was. A, oh wait, we should get scores while uh, you're doing. Um, okay, I'm gonna give Run seven point five out of ten. I'm gonna give it a, an eight point seven. Oh wait, no, I have a new rating system. Oh shoot. Oh my gosh, I forgot about it. Wait, okay. Um, where is it? Okay, I'm gonna give uh, searching. I'm gonna give Run a Taco Bell. Paul. <laughs> I want to give Run a um, a belt. A belt? Yeah, a belt. Wait, you just have banana and orange. What's a belt? Well, Nick stole my banana and orange, so I'm going to start my own system. What's your new rating system? I can't tell. <laughs> so you have to guess. We get to figure it out along the way what it means. Yeah, I think it's, it's fun. that like go on your body. I think it's random objects that he like rates in order of like usefulness. What what's your thing? Eight point seven five. So you're not gonna 10. use banana and orange. You stole it from him, and you're not gonna use it. Nope. I'm gonna choke you up. I'm gonna choke <laughs> With you up. Good. Fun yes. fact: Kira Allen, who is Chloe, actually uses a wheelchair. Um, uh, which makes oh, us the first like major. Oh, kind of like that one thing. Kind of like Breaking Bad. Which, which makes this the first major thriller to star a wheelchair user since the 1948 Sign of the Ram. Cool. Very cool. Uh, run worldwide release dates have been postponed due to the outbreak of COVID-19. More like... Never mind. No more facts. Yeah, all these <laughs> facts are really... All these facts are really... Oh, I did notice this. Um, there's a ton of references to horror movies in this movie. Um... <clears throat> Um, like when she calls 411, they give Derry, Maine as an example of a city and a state, which is it. And then at the pharmacy, the pharmacist lady, her name was um, Mrs. Bates, which is like um, in um, what's it called? Mm -hmm. In uh, no, no, no. Um, Psycho. Fire. Mrs. In Doubt Psycho, Fire. the the motel oh. is called the Bates Motel because it was owned by his mother. In Misery, there's a Bates character in Misery. Well. I guess, but that's not really what the reference is. But well, how do we know? Go off. <laughs> well, because it's very obvious that it's a movie about a mother-daughter relationship, and Psycho is about a mother-son relationship. I have a mother-daughter relationship, so what? You'll see me bragging about it. You're not a mom or a daughter. <laughs> okay, before we go on to the next movie, actually, you know what? Let's do this after the next movie. Okay, so our next movie is obviously Hillbilly Elegy. Nick... What is Hillbilly Elegy about? You you misspelled elegy. He spelled it E-L-A-G-Y. Look at this idiot. <laughs> a Yale law student drawn back by his hometown grapples with family history, Appalachian values, and the American dream. Woo! <laughs> Wait, what are the plot keywords? Drugs, Drugs, addiction, love, grandmother, mother-son relationship, mother-daughter relationship. There's no fun ones this time. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know what? I think we should have Jackson go first. I'm putting you on the spot, Jackson. What did you, what did you think of Hillbilly Elegy? Um. <laughs> Jackson's a little busy. Uh, Pahul, why don't we have you go? What did you think? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh wait, no, no. Shut oh, up, okay. Pahul. Uh, okay. Jackson's okay. ready. 
it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jackson. That was that was wonderful. That Jackson, was fantastic. what about it was good? Um, the domestic abuse part, pretty good. <laughs> um, Jackson, you're gonna have some little bad bait, <laughs> but um, from what I did watch, I actually really liked it. It was like it was like really heartfelt, and it was like that one part where it was like a flashback to when his mom like his mom was like OD, and they like flashback. Wait. <laughs> So, 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 why did you like the scene where it flashed back to the mom, OD? Because it was, like, heartfelt, and it was like, oh, no, this guy cares about his mom, and it's like, it's like, oh, no, he's like, he's in that meeting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> great review from Jackson over there. Jackson, what is your internet uh, like? <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm, like, staying at this place right now, and it's, like, really bad. All right. <laughs> is it like a hotel or like motel? No, we're like we like we're like staying like at this like house, kind of like um, it's like a what is it called? I don't know, but we're like we're like staying at a rental house, kind of. Oh, Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah, Airbnbs are so sick. Oh, I've never Airbnbs. been in one. They're really great. <laughs> Oh, oh, that was the, Airbnb, the place we stayed at in um, Santa Cruz. No, that was an Airbnb. I've been in an Airbnb. It's so cool. It's like you get to live in somebody's house and you don't even know them, and it feels like you're like breaking in, but you're not. Because you paid to be there. True. <laughs> Paul Hool, um, I think uh, let's go in order of uh, quality of reviewers. So obviously Jackson went first, and now let's go to Paul Hool. Quality highest to least. Okay. Um, Hillbilly Elegy. Is like sadly, it's a movie that could be like, like the plot. It could be like very revolutionary in what it does in showing the um, the like a, a community that we never get to see in popular media. But uh, it it completely on that idea, and it goes a completely like traditional direction, which is. You gotta just work hard and do like like just you just gotta sit down, work hard, and become successful. Like here's a pro- here's a problem with this movie, is that it's like um, you bite into a into a potato, and like you, this potato is like really nice, you know, and it smells really nice, and it has like garlic and herbs all over it. When you bite into it, and it's filled with maggots, you know, it's just hard. <laughs> It's just, it's disgusting because like, oh, it's infuriating because like it kind of starts out nice because it shows like, oh, you know, like stuff is bad. And whenever stuff starts to look good, it's this like being impoverished in America. It kind of just like pushes you down even further. It's like taking one step forward and like taking two steps back. And like, it's a really, and it's like, it's a hard cycle where one generation after the next is forced to relive the the past generation's mistakes just because society isn't like building them up in a in a respectful way and i don't know by the end when like the music starts playing and a kid sits down just because he sees his grandma not having enough money to pay for food i just sits down and he does well in a math test 
and it just skips to like all that stuff and it's just him being a goddamn Yale. Like that's just so infuriating because that's just not how it works. It, it doesn't work like that. You don't, if you get like a 90% on algebra, you don't get into Yale. I mean, I wish it was that everyone would get into Yale, but that's not how it works. That's why it's called Yale. Like that's why Yale is Yale. Anyway, whatever. Um, it's just it's just so stupid, you know. It's just a, it's just such a stupid movie, and I could choke this movie out too. Like, I, I I hated this movie. Oh my god! Oh, you I, have a I, lot of pent up aggression from like the holidays. Are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. I I'm actually doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know, like you know, you have so much potential here, but you don't use it. You know, you just. You just like make it a simple little movie that people can smile about and feel like, you know, the America of the 50s still exists when it doesn't. Times have changed. The American dream has changed. Uh, it's not that easy anymore. I mean, it never was that easy for a lot of people. It was only whatever. But like, um, you know, it's not like you come here and you're magically like, gifted the opportunity of being of going to Yale you know that's just not how it works and I don't know this movie is a it's a rosy look into something that shouldn't be rosy and it kind of glances over the whole opioid epidemic too I feel like it could have stuff to say about that because all we see is stuff on the news we don't really see personal stories about that but, you know what can you do I mean it's a horrible movie Wow, That's all oh, cool. you really popped off. I have, I genuinely have never heard you pop off on anything so hard. Like you were, you were just going at it. Sorry, man. I had a lot of like stuff about this movie. No, that's good. Was... This is the first time I feel like I've actually heard you give like a movie review about like the quality of the movie and not about how you were eating fried chicken while watching it and the fried chicken made you think about. <laughs> I got McDonald's else. today. To McDonald's. Yeah. You'll go to McDonald's before you'll come visit me at Panda Express. I don't know you were working today. I wasn't working today, so it would have been futile. Okay, but the point still stands. Has anyone yeah. here actually read the... Shut up. Have it, has anyone here actually read the book? No. no I, was gonna I heard that the book's really bad. I heard the book's really good. I heard that the book has the same um, problems as the movie does, where the author doesn't really like get into the good stuff. Like, you know... He just kind of skims over the entire thing and kind of makes it all about the American dream, too. Instead of, like, you know, talking about harsh stuff. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. I'm going to go next because this is a dictatorship and I decide that I want to go next. Um, I, yeah, like, so I watched this movie very late at night and I had a very hard time, like, staying awake while watching it, which is obviously a testament to the fact that it's kind of a boring movie. But... Um, what my mom had told me about it, because apparently a bunch of her co-workers have read the book and are, like, very, like, into the book, and they say, like, oh, it's, like, it helps, like, prove why being impoverished in America is so hard and how, like, the idea of, like, oh, you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you just need to work really hard, why that isn't the case for a lot of people. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, I'm glad that we're finally getting, like, mainstream media that can talk about something as serious as that. And then the movie just did not do that at all, and it just instigated the same problem that it seemed like it was trying to deflect. Because, like, 
this movie I found just to be extremely emotionally manipulative because instead of like investigating these are the reasons that these people are poor and they got poor from awful like they just got poor from the way that they were born and like how they were born into the poor families and it was like a, a problem it's a cycle because this movie is very much about like cycles like the daughter had problems the grand the grandmother had problems the mom had problems and the son clearly has problems but has learned to adapt himself to society in a bit of a better way and i think that would have been fascinating like what sets him apart from them and why was he able to pull himself out of poverty and i thought it would have been interesting and also i just found this movie to be very like heartless like i understand that at the end of the movie the point of it is like he decided to, I guess this is getting into spoilers a little bit, but he decided to make decisions that were good for him rather than trying to constantly fix his family. And, like, I understand, like, that's a good message and everything, but if you're going to do a message like that, you also need to keep some of the heart in the movie, and I felt like at the end he was making such a heartless decision by just, like, abandoning his mother after she was trying to shoot up heroin again. Like, and it just made me more sympathetic for the mother than the son, and maybe that's from not establishing, like, the mother was clearly a terrible person. I mean, she was almost arrested because she threatened to kill her son. So obviously she's a terrible person, but at the same time, like, the the sympathy grew from me from the fact that the mom was born into an awful situation, she was going to develop these problems, and that she had a lot of problems that society was not treating, like her addiction to drugs. And that was what was making her such an awful person. It wasn't like she was making her own choice to be a bad person. So at the end of the movie, it feels like it's completely going against what it was trying to say the whole time by just saying, like, oh, look, this mom is, like, we, he had to leave the mom behind in order to make good decisions for himself. Where it's like, I don't know. It just very confused me. and I wasn't really clear on what the movie was even trying to say about being impoverished in America and being poor, it felt like the movie was just trying to show something like that because it was dramatic and cool and could get them Oscars. And this was supposed to be an Oscar contender, and I really hope that it does not end up being one because, like, this seems like the type of movie that the Oscars would nominate and then everyone would be like, ah, really? Like, Green Book. Like, Green Book won, and everyone was like, ah, really? Green Book? Ugh. It said, like, racism bad, but did it really say anything else? Anyways. That's my rant. Um, Camille or Nick, who wants to go next? Camille, have you seen this movie? Yeah, I can go. I have some stuff to go off of what Paul and Robert said. Oh, yes. Go next. This feels like school, but in like a fun way. <laughs> it's like a Socratic seminar. But exactly. Fun. Oh, I love Socratic seminar. <laughs> okay. Um, Paul, I agreed with like a lot of things you said. I think when I talked earlier about how I really liked the movie, I was saying it from pure novice just viewer going through the emotions of the movie but like hearing what you said about how the movie's constructed and the messages totally get it i honestly not thinking about it that story is a little overdone i'm not sure the message that was really received as powerful anymore because like you said it's been kind of overshown so and then robert you said something like Oh, about feeling like emotionally manipulated. This might be a girl thing, but I think I liked it. <laughs> I liked that <laughs> it was like a roller coaster. I thought it was. I thought it was kind of just fun because I felt like my heart kind of getting pulled at a few things. Yeah, that's such a girl thing. But I don't know. I liked that part of it where it was seemed heartless, but like the other parts, it was like, oh, then you feel sympathetic for the mom or you feel sympathetic for um, the son having to make that choice. And then at the end, my kind of take on that when she kind of reached her hand back and let go of him, 
I think that was less of his decision and more of her saying kind of, it's okay to go. Like, I'm going to let, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you break the cycle. I don't know. I kind of took it from her perspective rather than him abandoning her. Cause you know, if she held on to him, he would have stayed and probably missed that interview. That's kind of my take on it at least. Okay. That, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. I didn't, yeah, that was something that was, like, very, I don't know, maybe I didn't, maybe it was really obvious that I didn't pick up on it. I was very tired, so I was missing out on, like, a lot of the small details. That makes a lot of sense, like, and in that case, that makes the message of the movie, like, a little bit more clear, like, yeah, and also what you're, what you're saying about the emotional manipulation, I get that, <laughs> like, I, I, I also do like to be, like, constantly, like, tugged around and like, what's happening with the situation. I guess I just kind of wish that it was, like, I love it when a movie, like, tugs you around like that, but then, like, the message at the end is clear, and I think my problem was that I just didn't get, like, a clear message, and I didn't really get what the movie was trying to say by the end of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I can assume, I don't know, but I can assume that the original book had a little bit more to say about poverty than this movie did, because I don't want to re reiterate, reiterate what everyone's been saying. It. I, I'll, I'll just say it in a different wording, kind of. This movie had an opportunity to say something very profound and something very, very not like discussed about in the in the cinematic universe um, about poverty and how it's it's impossible to get out of uh, because of how like society is designed. But but instead, it decided to take a look at a family matter, an unrealistic one at that, a family matter rather than the economic sides of things, which I, I think was very unfortunate. And another thing that I think this movie does not have going for it is the soundtrack is so basic and just out of place most of the times. Like, in the, in emotional scenes, it's just like, oh, emotional scene. In case you don't know that this is an emotional scene, we're going to have a sad piano. And it's just, it, takes, it takes me out of anything that they're talking about, and it pisses me off, and it's so annoying. And, uh, you know, I don't like this movie. My mom liked this movie. Uh, because it was emotional, and that's just kind of all she needs, I guess. But for the uh, average movie moviegoer, I, I feel like this movie is a little bit below par. Yeah. I, it's such a conflicting movie, because, like, if a movie is, like, obviously bad, then it's, like, super easy. And, like, there's really good performances in this. And you can tell, like, the people that were working on it really wanted it to be a good movie. <laughs> and it just really didn't, like, pan out. I guess it's just, I would love to see this movie direct, like, made by, like, A24, or, like, some sort of director that's, like, super ambitious and trying to, like, be, like, super, like, out there, because I think it was just, like, seeing this story told by Ron Howard, who's a very classic Hollywood director, I would like to see, you know, what, like, what if the Safdie brothers made this movie, and it was, like, super intense the whole time, but in a different way, you know? That would be kind of cool. Um, Fun facts. <laughs> wait, I want to see Jackson. Now that we have all very thoroughly discussed the movie, I would like to see. Do you have a? Uh, do you have any uh, new new opinions or thoughts to add in there? Uh, not. Um. <laughs> it was like, um, there was a lot of stuff out from like the book. Jack, Jackson, is, is your is your phone in a sock? <laughs> Wait, no, no, let Jackson. <laughs> okay, now he's frozen. I think he's about to drop. That looks like it would be on a teacher's wall, and it's like a motivational poster of like, 
Don't look. It's like some sort of like math joke. It's like I told my mom. To, sorry, Jackson's. Back. <laughs> what were you trying to say, Jackson? I I like people like who read the book thought that they left a lot of stuff out that would have made it the movie better, but the movie like like had a lot of wasted potential. How so? Like a, how how was the what was the potential supposed to be? Uh, I'm not I'm not that sure because I didn't really. <laughs> I didn't really get into it, but no, no. You know what, Jackson? That was very good. Thank you for uh, for helping us along with uh, reviewing the movie. Nick, why no. don't you share your your fun facts? <clears throat> a film adaptation of the 2016 New York Times best-selling memoir of the same name. That was a terrible fact. <laughs> Ron Howard and Bo Hopkins were both in American Graffiti, 1973, and more American Graffiti. What a terrible sequel name! And, but didn't share any scenes in either. What a what a what a shame. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> Are you done? Yep. Okay, before we go on to our last movie, I would like to very quickly discuss the Madrigal Dinner. Um, so this... Oh my gosh! Wait, those are the shirts? Yeah, I got mine early. Ooh, oh, of course uh, you did, uh, being okay. queen Okay, here's the thing with the Mad Dinner shirts. Like, the musical shirts you only wear in, like, certain situations. The Mad Dinner shirts, like, kind of work. Like, they can, like, work with certain outfits if you wear it, like, in the right way. So, like, I actually get excited to get the Madrigal Dinner shirt. Because it's, like... They feel weird this year. What? They feel weird this year. They're all, like, light and funky. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So... What I would like to do is, I will leave this entirely up to Camille and Jackson. I would like for you to explain, first off, just kind of what Mad Dinner is. And then I want to get, like, the inside scoop on how you guys have felt about this year and with it being different. Like, I want to get some, like, <laughs> spicy information from the king and the queen. Uh, yeah, oh, I wanna, and Jackson's too late. I want to about it because maybe my dad will hear something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't have to talk bad. I just want something that's, like, spicy, you know? Not kidding. Um, I'll talk about, like, the basics. Like, like, basically, it's just, like, um, it's, like, a renaissance, like, type dinner where we're, like, trying to mimic what, like, a renaissance dinner would be like. So, like, everyone's in costume, and there's, like, servers, and, like, there's the magical singers, which me and Robert are part of. Oh yeah, fist bump. There's <laughs> the camera, Robert. And then there's like, then there's like the royal court, which is like me. It's like me and Camille are king and queen, and then we have like all of like the other people, like the jester and like, like you know all these people and not. And then this like normally, it's like a, like you like go in like sit down and like have a dinner and there's like this play, and like all of this stuff and pretty good time. But this year's. A little different. And uh, uh, Camille, would you mind elaborating on what what is different about this year? Yeah. Um, well, what's different about this year is we're not actually inside. Um, all the rehearsals we've been able to do inside, but everything we're going to be doing a drive through. So we're going to do at the church where we usually do it, but the parking lot's going to be kind of set up. We're think of Disneyland 
and your car is the like the cart going through. So every, there's gonna be little stops where instrumentalists will be playing, hopefully, and then we'll have servers telling jokes and stories as the cars go through. And then at the bottom will be a giant thing. Um, you know how restaurants have those big tents outside that basically look like a car can drive through them. They're so big, the white ones. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah, so cars, we're going we're gonna to get one of those, and then we're going to decorate it to look like our little castle. And Jackson and I will be in there with our Christmas tree, and the cars will drive through. They get to meet us, and they come back around and pick up their food at the top, and they head out for the night. Should be like 15 minutes. Well, yeah, do like we hang out in per car? Um, and I'm guessing the experience would be like around 10 to 15 minutes, but we, it's a total like two-hour time slot. I guess you're like your tickets, like I think 10 to 15 minutes is reserved. You can come oh, within those minutes. Yeah. That's smart. Cause I, like me and my dad were talking about how awful the traffic was going to be. Cause like if everybody was coming at the yeah. same time, like that would, you could see some like fights break out, which would be kind of entertaining, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Whoa. Look at actually, that. You, gotta you, that. Hey, you know me. I made this. <laughs> that's what it's going to look like. That's the aerial view of the parking lot. I see. So you drive through. Where's my finger? <laughs> you drive through. <laughs> then you go back up, and then around, and then go back that way for your food. Okay, so who is in the welcoming tent? That's gonna be the greeters, and then pages will get their tickets and then run all the way down to the town crier, who'll be right there, um, and give them the ticket. And then when the car arrives, they'll he'll announce to um, Jackson and I that da 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 da. This car has arrived. That's gonna be quite the workout for Buma Yarlo and Harry Harry Piner. <laughs> yeah, I feel um, bad, but they 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 got this. It's good. And then, so the food tent is gonna be like the servers, right? Like the whatever your group is. Yeah, so I'm gonna do shifts. Um, you're getting the really inside scoop right now. I've even told the cast this, or Jackson doesn't know about this either. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the server's tent will be kind of like their home base. It's raining, and then I have little X's there, there, and there. That's where they can kind of stand and be next to the cars, six feet away. So then every thirty minutes, I'm thinking I'm gonna switch them out with food service servers who will be over there, right there. That's where they'll pick up their food. So I need some servers to run down to the kitchen and bring it up. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so my question is, I have noticed that there is no place where the jester is in all of this. Am I going to have to actually come to, like, the actual nights? Yes, of course you're coming. You're a senior. Yeah, I'm sure all the seniors going to be there. Well, I'd be, like, in the royal tent just, like, chilling with the king and the queen. Yeah. Well, you can be, but here's the thought. I'm going to have – I want, like, little – I think the word is like vignette or something, but it's and a big word, but that's like with the, I want to have play acts, like little scenes maybe going on. That could be kind of fun. So it's um, like, it really, it would be like a Disneyland ride thing. So we're like animatronics and we're like acting Yeah, out. that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And the center is going to have like, like a bunch of like light up deer and like a carriage and stuff. So it's going to be pretty good. Dude, can you put me and Francisco together and can we just like go off the entire time? Because like that makes sense for the play act too, right? <laughs> you guys have really good banter. It makes sense, I think yeah. Uh, I really, I wish so badly that Merton Sire was in the play act this year because I really badly wanted to be like Jester and for Francisco to be Merton Sire. And that would have been perfect for this because then it would have been Merton like- Merton Sire this year? No, they're in the play act, there's no Merton Sire. 
right? Yeah, no. I didn't even realize that. Oh, you're so right. That's weird. He's been here all past three years. Yeah, I know. Well, Merton Sire is like always in it. It's just like the like yeah. later, older. What? Do you... it's, just... Oh, <laughs> it's just like the like really old scripts that didn't include Merton Sire before he became like a regular character. And this is gotcha. like an incredibly old script. Um, Very. Okay. Now we're going to get a little personal. I want to know how you guys feel about how rehearsals have gone so far and how you just feel you, <laughs> you can put your disgusting dog away. <laughs> excuse me your dog is vile um how do you guys feel like it's gone so far this year you can be completely honest here nick might edit some of it out if you really don't want it to be in i'll start okay um i think rehearsal has been really interesting because we didn't even start like singing until like much later like so like we're not seeing one, so we only had to learn like, um, of like, of like the normal. Like, it's just very different. Like, it's hard to to get people to interact because everyone's like, so distant, and like whatnot. So it's like, it's been a challenge, but like we're, it's been working out better than I thought it would, so far. Camille? Yeah. <laughs> Camille, any th are you trying to stay like neutral in all of it? Uh, yeah, that's probably the hardest job, not going to lie. I mean, personally, this is not the kingdom I think I thought I'd be running the past three years. So like, that's been my biggest personal battle to kind of realize the loss of having not having a traditional dinner not running rehearsals where, I mean, I just think about the freshmen haven't been able to see my face. They don't know what half my face looks like. And to me, that's really weird. So it's just some of the losses like that, that I've had to really work on not letting the cast know my sadness and fear about that. So I've had to really kind of switch, switch that around, switch my thinking, make a little more positive. And I've just kind of really thrown myself into how we can do a COVID magical dinner this year. And I really have thought about having this year as being a bridge I'm bridging last year's and next year's magical dinner, which is hopefully normal. And I don't want this year's servers to lose out in experience. So I want experience cast next year as we did last year. That's kind of my whole thing. Just kind of getting over the sadness and not letting the cast know that that's, yeah, that's just a big bummer, you know, but just kind of moving past it and kind of making sure that this dinner is just as great. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm going to speak on my experience now. I feel like this year I was, like, super scared going in for what it was going to be like. Because I feel like even, like, rehearsals are completely different. Because in, like, all the other years, it's like, oh, you usually have, like, this happen around this rehearsal. And this usually happens around this rehearsal. And, like, 90% of the normal activities couldn't be done. And, like, I don't know if there's, like, been a royal court where it's, like, what activity, like, should we do? And we had to, like, search for them. And, like... Like, thankfully, like, I found the carriage hiker one, which was, like, super fun, and that was, like, a good experience and everything. But it's just, like, so, like, weird to fathom that, like, I would even need to go out and try to find other activities that aren't just, like, normal activities from the year. What I think has made this dinner a lot easier than I expected it to be is that for the majority of the new servers, they've all adopted really quickly. Like, I was really nervous the first, um projection activity I was doing where I took everybody outside and like they like stood out like in the middle of the field by themselves and had to like project incredibly loud um 
I was worried that it was just like super awkward and wasn't like working. And then when we got back in there and I think there was some sort of story activity and they just almost every single one of them quickly picked up on projection. And it's like, they're like that with like every single thing. And that has been like so great to like have a cast that is so malleable in a year that is not malleable at all. Or I guess a year that is malleable because it's completely different than what we've done before. I guess they've just been like so consistent and like so like, oh, dedicated. This is the perfect and cast for this year. Yeah, the cast is like, it's small, but the people who are there want to be there. Oh yeah, it's great. They all want to be there. They're all excited. And I think honestly, having a smaller cast this year is going to make our job a little, it has made our job a little better, right? Mm -hmm. Not having yeah. to wrangle as many people, having smaller numbers has probably honestly kept us open longer <laughs> than we would have had with our actual size of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, I am saddened by the fact that it could have been so much better and it's not anywhere close to what a normal madrigal dinner would have been. And like looking back on like the memories from like a year ago, like what we were preparing for then where it was like, Oh my gosh, two rehearsals. And then we opened and it's like, not that at all this year, but it's like the best that we could have done. And I'm like proud of the way that it's turned out thus far. I, yeah. I hope I hope the video turns out. That's what I'm really like, hoping right now. I've been, I've been hoping no with, pressure, um, your dad, Jackson. He's been awesome like, though. I've been I, helping with all of it, and it's like it's looking pretty good so far. I love it. And don't expect like traditional magical dinner. Your you know your grandpa sitting at the table filming from his perspective. No, it's really cool. Think Game of Thrones. That's yeah. what's kind of going through my mind when yeah, I watch. Like, it. Yes, we're not messing around. Like there's like. We got all this equipment this year and stuff. So. It's like soundtracks. That's yeah, cool. Pretty professional. So uh, hopefully I'm excited like... to see the video. I definitely am. Yeah, um, Nick, you can't critique it too much on the editing. Got it? What? Nick and can't Nick, critique Nick's it. Nick's going to brag on us for the editing. I know. Don't I'm you not gonna... dare Dude, brag on we, review... we should review it on the podcast. <laughs> don't yeah. you dare. We should. We should totally I agree. Do it. I agree. Okay. My final question is for Apahul and Nick. After everything you've heard... Are you going to go buy your ticket for the 2020 Madrigal dinner? Probably. <laughs> I... <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, I think since we're just reviewing, like, another movie that you two haven't seen, I think if you two want to, like, go now, like, that's fine. But, um... Cool. Wait, I have one more question before you leave. Yeah. Did you like Green Book? Because you brought it up earlier. I think Green Book... Okay. Here's the context under which I saw Green Book. I always see a movie the day after Thanksgiving, and I see it before my family starts Black Friday shopping because there's, like, a mall where we Black Friday shop, and the movie theater opens at, like, 7 or 8 a.m., like, super early. So I always will go see a movie and then, like, go. So usually whenever I see a movie during that time, it's, like, a, it's like a fun movie. Like, it's something that's, like, light and entertaining and enjoying. So when I saw Green Book, that was the movie that year, it was light, it was entertaining, it was enjoying, it was like exactly what it needed to be, and I, I left the theater, I was like, that was fun, I enjoyed that, but I, like, I'm not going to think about it again. I would have never guessed that it was going to go on to win Best Picture, that's just absurd to me, it's not that type of movie at all. So I like the movie, I just don't like the word that it has become surrounded with, basically. That makes sense. Yeah, I actually, I love that movie. Yeah. But I, I do agree, it's kind of a, I wouldn't, like, describe it as that. Yeah, especially because Roma was the other movie that year, and Roma was so good, but yeah. Anyways, all right, Camille and Jackson, thank you so much for being on the podcast. 
Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Lots of fun. All right. Bye. 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 I'm waving. I'm waving. Oh Jesus. my god, we can stop being professional now. <laughs> I know. Dude, oh, you guys covered oh so well. We were talking like an actual film podcast, and now half of your season is gonna be like a terrible review. <laughs> I liked her hair. Oh, gonna, <laughs> the main I, character's the hair is beautiful. gonna be horrible. That's so true. Dude, everyone's hair in this movie is like yeah. on point. What's okay. the next movie? It's um <laughs> Happiest Season. Oh, that one. <laughs> Well, uh, Nick, why don't you explain to us what Happiest Season is about? Well, this girl's like, Wah, I'm lesbian! Wah! And then the, the, the conservative the family is like, Wah, We need to be perfect. And then the gay best friend is like, Wah, I'm gay! And then the girl's like, Wah, I'm lesbian! But I don't want to be. And the the, the gay friend's like, Wah, I killed your fish! Um... And then like, they, uh, <laughs> the family, and the the family and the lesbian fist fight. They fist fight. <laughs> it's insane. There's blood and broken bones. Well, it's like Fight Club. It's underground. It's like Fight Club, except gay, and you talk about it. <laughs> and that's no, it's not <laughs> that's at all. <laughs> we should make a, a version of Fight Club where it's like all gay people. That sounds like it would be like an actual movie. Yeah, but I feel like that would get canceled very quickly. Why? Because I feel, p- people would view it... They would view it as, like, the female version of Ghostbusters, you know what I mean? Yeah, true that. That's pretty true. All right, um, Nick, you haven't gone first yet. Why don't you say what you thought of uh, Happiest Mr. Season. Happiest Season? Um, you know, I thought this movie was cute. Uh, I don't... Uh... It, it had a point, it had a message, it was saying something, and it did so in, like, a very cute little way. Um, I just, uh, the, only th- the only flaw is that it's, like, I don't know. It, it feels like kind of like a cookie-cutter, like, movie to me, in a way, with, like, a little hint of, like, here's gayness, and here's here's the struggles with it. And also, I feel like the resolution was a little bit too, like, it... The resolution, perfect. yeah, the resolution was like, here's the perfect scenario. Yeah. This is like, everything has to go right for this to happen. And I, I just, I don't know. Uh, and also, I, I was going to say something else, but then I don't want to. Um, say it. Well, no, it just isn't true. Uh, say it I, 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 I was going to say that the character development wasn't that great, um, but I mean, it's like not really. That's straight up not facts. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was—I thought it was funny at times, and I thought it was a little comforting—not comforting, but like uh, for, I feel like it would be—it would be comforting for those who are uh, gay and uh, you know LGBTQ plus. But I just think that it's unrealistic and kind of gives people the wrong impression. And but you know, I, I thought the acting was uh, decent, and I—I I, I guess I like that it focused on, like, the development of the main character and not the couple. Because, I mean, the the uh, other girlfriend was, like, not very involved in this movie, like, uh, not nearly as much as the main character. And, um, you know, I, I think it was... good. <laughs> like, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to, like, formulate my thoughts, and I'm struggling here, but... It, it was it was strange okay I guess okay it was, I'll say this it was strange that the movie from the beginning kind of established that 
this movie is likely going to be about this couple because it is this couple and and they're saying all this and, and that was the exposition or the introduction and then the movie then went on to just completely forget about the other girlfriend for like half the movie <laughs> Ugh, yeah, that was a bit strange all right <laughs> thank you nick <laughs> yeah thank you Bahul? um i agree with you on a lot of points nick um this movie was cookie cutter, and but here's the thing: is that I was kind of, at first I was like, okay, you know what? This movie's so typical. It's like the same thing, like happy ending, whatever. It's like it, it goes bad, but then it's good. You know, you're just getting like your classic Christmas movie. And I was like, come on, do something. And then I was like, okay, if I really think about it, it's it's kind of nice that like, I, I don't know, like okay, maybe not nice, but like. Maybe, Nick, can you stop, please? Please, please. Poggers. Like, okay, it's it's that classic <laughs> Christmas movie with the gay twist, and yeah, but it's fi- it, that's fine, twist. you know, it's fine for. I don't know. It's like, why should I expect something more from a movie just because it's focusing on LGBT <laughs> issues? You know, it's like. I get the basic Christmas movie with the LGBT topping added on, and it makes it into a nice little pizza that I enjoy. It's not the classic cheese pizza, but it's, you know, it's pizza with chicken on it, you know, and it's fun. And you don't think about it, but, like, it's fine, whatever. Um, Acting-wise, I didn't find the one with the... Uh, What's her name? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Allison Brie? Nope. Other one. Ruth um, Ruth Bader Christian Ginsburg. Stewart. Yeah. She, I didn't find her acting very uh, good. Like, Why not? What was face, wrong with it? Well, her face, like, okay. She didn't, I, maybe she was just the kind of person, she was trying to portray a person who, um, so who doesn't show that many emotions. But she was fairly emotionless throughout the movie. She had a stoic expression, you know, she, I don't know how her acting is in other movies, but like just seeing her in this movie, this is my first impression of her. I don't think I've ever seen her in another movie. She was in Twilight, but I never saw Twilight. Um, she doesn't give, she's, I don't know, maybe that, that was just a character, but wasn't good acting. It was very emotionless. That's what I'm trying to say. Maybe it's good acting. I don't know. Maybe the character is emotionless. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I think this movie was trying way too hard to be a a, a classic for the no, modern I age. I, I think like I see this movie becoming a, like being a classic. You know, it, it's got all the qualities. Maybe it's got the good feeling to it. It's like it doesn't have anything to say, but I shouldn't expect. Maybe I should expect a movie to have something to say if it's dealing with issues like that. Maybe I shouldn't expect just like just like gay people make stupid movies you know why should i discriminate against gay people just because they're gay they should be making amazing movies you know just let them make stupid movies that's it that's all i have to say um i think i think what was i gonna say i think that um can we can we add the a word to the list ass i feel like ass was added no it wasn't i thought it was too and i said it and you're like no it wasn't added yeah ass is fine (laughs) by itself by itself ass Oh, you, you, fat ass. No, hey, I said by no. itself. Nick, you're barred. You can't use it anymore. I you mean love ass. 
Uh, you were here first. <laughs> Paul is an ass man before anything else. Okay, I'm going to talk now. So here's the dealio. <laughs> um, happiest season, I went into it, and I was like, dude, this is going to be just like Love, Simon, where it's a good movie in the way that it does what it sets out to do, and it has a gay twist on it. But it's going to be the exact same type of movie. Like, with Love, Simon, it was, like, finally, a teenage rom-com, but it's gay. This is, like, a Christmas holiday movie with family drama, but it's gay. And, like, genuinely, there is such a dilemma of, like, do I like this movie because it was gay, or do I like this movie because it was actually fun? Did I allow myself to have more fun with it because there were gay people in it? You know, and, like, there's always that, like, dilemma for, I think, honestly, all people, but especially for people who are LGBT, such as myself. So, I tried to, like, pay attention to that very closely. And what I can say is there's a lot of emotional gaslighting in this movie that if it was a straight couple, people would not react the same way to it. Which actually got pointed out to me on Letterboxd. I thought about it. Like, one of the reviews was, like, if the emotional gaslighting and emotional abuse that was happening in this movie was with a straight couple, y'all would be furious, but because it's gay, you're more okay with it. And that's, like, very accurate, because one girlfriend is being ridiculous and emotionally gaslighting her girlfriend, and there's, like, no other way around it. Um, and they, the movie almost makes it seem like that's okay, and that's, like, it should not have been a thing. The, all that being said, it's still a very nice holiday movie. Like, it's still, like, it gives you all the, like, romantic happy feelings that it's supposed to and like you can't be too hard on a movie that is doing exactly what it set out and designed to do so i like this movie like i enjoy it um i would easily watch it again it feels like it would be a classic christmas movie the scene that was much better than any other scene in the movie was the scene where the gay best friend and the main character are like they walked out of a house and the gay best friend stops one of the characters and kind of just like he talks about his experience versus her experience with coming out with their parents. And that's the type of thing where it's like you can only get that from a gay Christmas movie. You can't get that from a different type of Christmas movie. And what he was saying was actually a really important message that I think should be talked about more um, that gay people have different experiences with coming out. And just because it goes well for one person doesn't mean it's not going to go terribly for another person. And people in gay relationships need to realize that about their partners more. And at the same time, it was allowing the gaslighting to happen. It was saying that that emotional abuse that she was being put through was okay. But at the same time, it was also like a good scene. And it felt very different from what the gay best friend character was representing throughout the rest of the movie. Because in all the other scenes, he was just the super cliche gay best character. But then in this one scene, it was like, oh, he's actually like an emotional poor person that can bring up some, like, much-needed-to-be-known part. And a think. fish killer. And a fish killer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's emotional in a good way, kind of. Um, the ending did really annoy me, where it's like, okay, like, towards the end of the movie, it especially seemed like the dad... I'm going to get a little bit of spoilers here. It seemed like the dad was starting to, like, accept that he was going <laughs> to be, like... um it seemed like the dad was going to accept not being mayor and that he didn't need to be it and then in the credits it's like oh he won like where did that come from like the movie decided to go way overboard with how perfect the ending was wait Um, he won what 
He won? Yeah, in the credits it said that he won. <laughs> who won? And really I think stupid. it would have been way Why better if the movie that? ended with him not winning. Wait, who won? That's they, they, yeah, because the uh -huh. entire ending was like, like the dad moved on from not wanting to be married because he wanted to not screw over his daughter. Right, but, but then, then he just wanted. That's so stupid. Yeah, but that's then he just won really anyway. Stupid. Yeah, it, it, it's the, genuinely the, really stupid. The, the ending did very much piss me off like that, but at the same time, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Nick went through and found a bunch of funny reviews, which is actually not even a bad idea. I'm glad he thought of it. But I know I I did that before, and then Paul was like, "No, no, 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 we can't have that. No, 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 no. You yeah, no, said it's that. Plagiarism. No, no, that's plagiarism. We can't have that. We can't look look at other people's funny reviews. So and this one say says one star. Audio. It says should have left." the rich white lady for Aubrey Plaza. Boo! Guys, this is not, this is not fun. I will mute you. Just, I will mute you. Just, mute, mute me. Him. I will mute leave. Him. I will leave. <laughs> I will leave. <laughs> I'm a simple man. I see two women kissing. I like one star deducted as not enough kissing. <laughs> you laugh. We need to get him back. We need to get him back. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, we lost Paul Hull. Oh. I am now the co-host. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna All of our people have left. Crap. Oh. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're not even the one who muted him. Um, I will give this movie... Mm, I think I'll give it a Taco Bell as well. I'll give it a banana. It's kind of in between a Baskin Robbins and a Taco Bell. I'm a simple man. I see two women kissing. I like one star deducted is not enough kissing. <laughs> <laughs> this one says 7 out of 10. Just wanted to say if the audio sync is off. Please recheck it. <laughs> oh! Oh my god. He's gone. Please excuse. He's not supporting plagiarism. Anyways, <laughs> so now we can talk about um, the game if we wanted to. We don't have the charisma now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this podcast Wait, is Did you really tell him that we stopped? Oh, yeah! Okay. There he is. Okay. Bo, we stopped. He can't even hear us. Bo, oh. Bo, we stopped doing it, okay? You have to unmute him. You have to unmute him. So, right click. I, I can ask him to unmute. Bo? What's up? <laughs> I thought there was just a black guy. <laughs> Welcome back. Bo, we are sorry for doing that, okay? I... What was Robert's idea? It was your idea. Will I want to help. Will out. you help us review the game now? So cold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Pahul. The camera's gonna be like on for the podcast. <laughs> oh no, it's not. Can you, can you get rid of that part? <laughs> yeah, I gotta. Okay, I gave it a um. I I also gave it a Taco Bell. I give it a banana. Oh shoot! I gotta review the um. Okay, so the movie is a um. It's a. It's a. Shirt. It's a. Pink sweatshirt. So it's that things around homophobic. his room. It's oh, really that's good. Wait, did I get it, Paul? No, this is a... <laughs> this is... Uh, a 2015 Guinness you... World Records Gaming <laughs> Edition book. Hey, how do you know I had that? Because <laughs> I've been to your house? Yeah, it's a really good book. It was the first book I bought in America. Okay. So, Paul, would you mind... I do not mind. Explaining the, the, the game? The game we're going to talk about is a game that I know you've all been waiting for because we talked about it a little last week, you know? And even though I published today, like last week's episode today because I forgot about it, kind of. Um, it's more my fault. 
We uh, I like early, but I didn't upload it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was a competence on on both people, definitely. Um, but yeah, we talk about this game a, a lot. I was very excited about this game. What's the plot synopsis about? Changes the world. What? Money changes the world. Money makes the world go round. And if you want to be in power, where do you go? You don't go to the bar or the toilet. If you want to be in power, you go to the bank where you get money because money is power. Just like those and, bankers in that one in history. And you get a job as a banker. Robert, or, or uh, Paul, what were those bankers' names? I forget. Oh, what? Like, there were bankers. Wells like, Fargo. No, in, in like AP uh, Euro, there were these like bankers. like The Medici's. Medici! Yeah, the Medici's. Be like the Medici's. Download this app. I mean, game. You will not regret it. I have learned so much about the global financial system through this bank. I uh, I I couldn't even imagine. I want to give this game like a um, a belt. Yeah. Okay. Um, first off, Pohul, I just thought about it, and I wanted to tell you. Um, I listened to the first half of um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. To what song? Um, I went from. Dark fantasy to twisted fantasy. No, to so applied, or so appalled. Oh, I thought it was so, so interesting and so appalled that there's a line that's against Donald Trump. I thought it was for Donald Trump. No, he said Donald Trump is taking all of your money. Oh, I just heard Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, I have I have a question about the album. What's Do you up? think Dark Fantasy is the best song on it? No, not at all. Definitely you, not. What do you Look, think is the dude, best song? You're on gonna it? listen to the other half of it, and it's gonna be what? What's your favorite song on it? Um, okay, I really like Monster. Monster is really good. It's fun. Monster is a fun song. But if I want to like really get into it, um, I can't believe I forgot what the song was called. Um, it's like. This song, this the song on this album, it's like the Magnus Opus of Kanye West. Is it um, Power? No, the Power's like up there, definitely. Is it All of the Lights? It's, it's Runaway. Runaway? It's just a party song. Yeah. Runaway is like, this album was created by Kanye after he did that whole, he interrupted Taylor Swift during the during the award, this award ceremony. Taylor Swift was being given an award. Kanye West goes up to Taylor Swift, snatches the mic from her and says a bunch of stuff. And everyone hates Kanye. And so Kanye and like everyone like completely poops on him. And like, so he, Kanye goes off to Hawaii. He locks himself for a few months, complete radio silence from this controversial uh, rap icon. And he creates this album and you know, it was just, it, it. it's the greatest album he's made, you know? It was like his answer to all the critics and stuff. And now people hate him more than ever, and he made Jesus his king. Yeah, yeah, now it's bad. But like, <laughs> like, like, before this album, actually, before this album, it was not this bad as it is right now. But, you know, Kanye is like, 
it it kind of jumps around, so you never know. Um, I also have a question. Did you listen to Melodrama yet? Like I said, you. I I listened to a little bit of it. It's kind of weird, but like. No. Okay. Uh, That's how I felt at first. I was like not into it, and I didn't get it. Keep on going, like, like give yourself a couple days and then listen to it again. And then give yourself another couple days and listen to it again. You'll, like, start to, like, get it. You'll kind of, like, start to vibe with it. Like, it's a little weird because it's kind of, like, party pop in a weird way. But, like, it's kind of good. Anyways. Um, Banker is the worst game, dude. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize there was a genre of games where it was, like, a bunch of random tasks that barely have anything to do with the central idea of the game. Like, Hyper School is just like this game. The phone repair one is just like this game. Like, I didn't know this Wait, was a genre we... of video game. I'm sorry, I have a question. Yeah? Have we had a... Have we reviewed Barista Life yet? No. Okay, and we haven't reviewed Idle Workout yet either? No. Okay, next next week it's idle work. <laughs> I will find these. I am going to give this game a KFC because KFC has nothing to offer me that's good, just like this game. Nick, but it has some good stuff to offer to other people. Is that what you're trying to say? No, it has nothing well, good that... to offer to anyone. But Nick and me like KFC, and we eat chicken. So what's that about, huh? All right. <laughs> um. This game was pretty good. I learned a lot about banking <laughs> and how to bank. And um, gonna give it a ten out of ten. So Paul, cool. I just want to go back to the um, Dark Twisted Fantasy thing one more time. The reason I asked if the first song was your favorite because I've listened to like the first like four or five songs on the album, like a yeah. few times through, just because like I'm uh -huh. slowly like getting through it. And I feel like to me, Dark Fantasy is like the best song by far. Oh, yeah, in the beginning, like, so you've been to, okay, uh, also the song after a Devil in a New Dress is also, like, really good. Like, Rick Ross pops off, dude. It's astounding. Like, okay, like a lot of other artists in this album, they've, they've reached their peaks. Like, Nicki Minaj reached her peak, and a lot of people say Rick Ross reached his peak. I don't know, like, how big Rick Ross is, like, outside. I'm probably, like, a really low peak, but it's still a peak, so. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I think we should have, like, music, like, a music section on the podcast just to talk about the music we've been listening to, because we both listen to a lot of music. Oh, yeah, I've, I've gotten into, I'm trying to get into other stuff now. Um, you should listen, okay, why don't we do an album review each podcast? I would like to review the Billie Eilish album. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? I it's the one with the gay song. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was literally just about to mention that I like finally gave that album a listen to, and I actually really like it. And he made no, fun of me for listening next, to it. Next week, I I, I wanna I'm gonna listen to the album this week. Okay. I'm fully planning on it. Okay. Um. Anyways, yeah, we should we should do a thing where we review an album and then we give like best track, worst track, and like. Like, just most, like, n weirdly notable track. Because there's always we a We should review a bunch of stuff. We should review so much stuff. Just, that, like, a different then, piece of media, a new book each week, a new... 
Oh, I have a good book that I'm reading right now. Huh. It's called The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. No, no. It's okay. 1,000 pages long. Okay, we're going to do this album thing, and if it goes off well, I have a really good idea for the other one. We could review a new art piece every week. Like, look up oh, new I art. Oh, such a good art piece. Oh, such a good art piece. Oh, such a good art piece. Okay, anyways, we have... Like, your art doesn't mean anything. Art's supposed to mean something. Whenever we, like, re- whenever we go this long on a podcast, I always feel like we're supposed to like be like tired and want to finish it but i don't want to finish this but we should we should anyways this is the conclusion of the film studies club podcast again jackson and camille thank you for joining us it was it was how would you like to end the podcast oh we didn't let them in the podcast crap yeah i know how i'd like Like, let's 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 imagine what they would do oh i know what jackson would do uh Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 